One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the House of Pod. I'm Kabe. I'm Lizzie. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Kabe. Yeah. Kabe. Okay. Have yeah. you voted? Um, no. Our ballots are nearly filled and completed, but there are about 3 billion propositions on the California ballot. And um, we are still working our way through those because we've actually decided to care about things this year. That is an excellent point. I think everyone should be caring, but I have to say doing them, but like uh, doing open book tests, I realize are much harder than having a time crunch test right. because now with this open book slash voting by mail, voting from home, I have all the time in the world and it's taken me, I did put my mail, uh, my ballot in the mail. I'm very excited, nice. but it took me like over three hours because I've never read so much about any proposition and I found them incredibly confusing and i was trying to understand the pros and the cons and then trying right. to think about unintended consequences and oh, i found well, it it's impossible. almost impossible it's impossible, it's impossible because impossible. what like the pro of proposition z will be like give money to schools and then like the cons of it will be like give money to schools but a different way and you're like uh, <laughs> right. but uh, i don't know which one's right, right. so i don't know right. they're they're so hard right the pro will be Give money to schools. The call will be like, penalize schools. <laughs> be like, wait, what? Everything is contradictory and confusing. And, um, and I really, you know, with California, we have these propositions, both city and state. And I just would rather vote for an elected official to do all this homework for me. I do not want to be doing this. But, you know, when it, you go to the ballot, the polling station to do it, I would just do it in like 20, 30 minutes. And now I spent three hours. So I would yeah. miss polling stations, I think, is the point of the story. Yeah, I'm really glad that you did it, though. Um, so I don't know if this needs to be said to our audience. I feel like everyone that's listened to the show has already done it before us. Um, but please vote if you haven't voted. If you're even on the fence about it, I will do whatever it takes. If you vote and you send a picture 
of yourself voting or proof that you vote, uh, Lizzie and I will write you a poem and or sing you a song. And I'll make Lizzie start to do TikTok if uh, oh, shit. Biden wins. I will make Lizzie start to do TikTok videos. That's my and promise. That's factual, my guarantee. Right. The, the, a better guarantee is we'll just send you some stickers. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, That's do easier. that. Actually, just do that. Yeah. Stickers. If you vote, we will send you a sticker, House of Pot sticker. Yeah. They're super cool stickers if you haven't seen them already. That's a great idea. Yeah. So I want you and our listeners to know that I was also feeling like I needed to do something. So I did this phone banking thing for a couple hours Strong. where I called people in like San Antonio to support um, someone who was running for the state Senate who I'd never heard of before. So I'm calling a bunch of strangers. Nobody picks up. Nobody, everyone hung up on me. It was like really demoralizing. So those people who are doing it all the time, like power to you, man. Like, yeah, it's a little but, stressful. It's a little phone banking is a little stressful. It's like, um, yeah. because you can't, you don't want to lie and overstate your knowledge, but at the same time, you're, you, you know, you have to go into that thing with sort of an air of confidence, like, you right. know, um, or cause if you come at them too timid in a phone bank call, you're going to get destroyed. Um, yeah. so it's, it's a fine balance. How did you find that balance of being honest? I didn't, uh, I didn't. What'd you do? <laughs> what did you do? You're like, will you just like make up crazy, like, like Trump-esque lies being like, oh my God. this candidate wants to eat babies, babies. Yeah. Yeah. I should have done that. That's a great way to do it. But I didn't, I'm not, as we've talked on the show and you and I have talked, I'm not like a good actress. I can't like kind of just fake it. And I'd never heard of this candidate before. So I had the statement and I'm like, can I tell you about Selena Montoya? And you know, she's running for state and I can just tell I sound like I'm reading and there, I don't have the confidence when I am don't know the candidate you know yeah. it's just it's, well just being honest weird. is the way to go i'm sure if they yeah. if you know you just tell them the truth the, the fact that like you cared enough to like try and get this done and you're not like some paid operative i bet you people appreciate that well again 99 percent of people didn't answer and the one percent of people that did were essentially like i gotta go and i'd be like can i just say one thing can you just please vote so that's yeah. the only like words i got in at all Right, and right, maybe right. that's your window. Maybe a lot of people can get that moment, that light, that crack in the door and like open it. But I was just like, okay, I'm going to let you go. Please just do me a favor. Can yeah. you please just vote and vote early? Because it was Texas, which has really strict early voting um, policies. You know, every state is so different. It's incredibly confusing. I think we're lucky. A lot of us just had our ma ballots mailed to us. I didn't have to request it. You know, uh, every state you really have to look up the guidelines for your individual state, it's incredibly challenging. And a lot of it is meant to, you know, encourage voter suppression. It's really, it's incredibly sad when you start to read about this stuff. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Honestly, have you tried to prepare yourself mentally for what would happen if Trump won? I mean, we're not even pretending on the show that we're not for Biden. We're totally voting for Biden. Um, yeah. And there's, we're yeah. not like even going to hide that. So let me just ask you, like, have you prepared yourself mentally for what that would be like? No, zero amount. Um, I'm just not going to think about it. It doesn't, I don't think it helps because it bums me out so much. And um, there's so many polls nowadays in the, in most of October saying Biden's ahead. I also don't read those things because I'm not, falling for this anything that that suggests right. it's a slam dunk i'm not gonna hillary myself again you know it's funny because you know all the polls suggest that biden has a healthy lead 
but it's just like everyone still thinks that Trump's going to win. I don't actively suppress or repress many things in my life. I'm sure we all do that to a certain extent, but this I'm actively suppressing um, the yeah. thought of Trump winning. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, you know, a lot of times I'm like, Oh, I should do that. I should be better. I should confront this. I'm not interested in that at all. Like not even I hear a that. Bit. I hear that. I have a fear of sharks. I'm not going into a shark cage anytime soon yeah. to confront that fear. You don't have <laughs> to confront analogy. every fear. You don't have to confront every fear and sharks are a lot more lovable and they have a lot more life in their doll's <laughs> eyes than Trump right. does. Um, right. And they, and they lie less often. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they lie at all. They're pretty straightforward. They're like, I want to eat you. And you're like, yeah. okay, I respect that. Yeah. That's the I truth. Like, I don't like it, but I respect it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. Don't like it one bit, by the way. Do not yeah. like sharks trying to eat me. I have a couple yeah. of stories that I'll share with you at some other point in the future. Anyways, um, speaking of scary things that we have to confront in this country uh, to move forward and to understand where we're at, how we got here, and what we can do we have a cult expert, Sarah Hightower, going to talk to us uh, about cults and uh, give us a couple of examples to go through. So stay tuned. And as always, find us at Twitter at the House of Pod. Find us at Facebook and Instagram as well. If you haven't already, subscribe, like, review the show on iTunes. Send us any questions at hopquestions at gmail.com. That's hopquestions at gmail.com. Thank you to Nadim for helping us get these episodes out there. And thank you to everyone who's phone banked like Lizzie. Thank you to everyone who's uh, voted. Thank you for everyone on Twitter who's been so awesome and supportive in such a crazy, crazy time. Um, and Facebook too, for those people still on Facebook emailing us, which doesn't happen as much these days, but they're out there. Um, Lizzie, anyone you want to thank? The voters. Normally it's no, I have no one to thank ever, but people are voting. I, I appreciate it. Do it early. And people are writing letters and phone banking and voting. Do do your part. Thank you. America. America. And today with us, we have Sarah Hightower, Om Shinrikyo expert, I hope I'm saying that correctly, anti-cult expert uh, and activist and an independent researcher. And you have uh, written and talked a lot about um, cults, what makes them, how they become active, how they become successful. And I think it's a really important time in this country uh, to discuss cults not just in the specific manner we usually talk about them, but in the bigger scheme picture of how cults form, because, well, I, I think we'll probably get to what, get to it. And I think it's probably pretty obvious why. Um, but let me, let me just start by asking, um, how did your interest in studying cults and cult activity start? Um, let's see. Uh, my father was uh, very violent when I was very young and I wanted to understand what made people change. And uh, then 9-11 happened and I was already familiar with uh, <clears throat> certain things. But uh, anyway, I wanted to argue about terrorism and uh, cultism and stuff like that. Uh, after 9-11, because I grew up in Arkansas, so uh, we were getting into a lot of arguments about certain things back then. And uh, I read Destroying the World to Save It by Robert J. Lifton, which uh, kind of put everything into this amazing perspective, especially when you're really young. But uh, I just, I really identified 
with what I read there, especially what he was writing about, like these individual people who had uh, just uh, ended up in Ulm and how they ended up in Ulm. And some of the stuff they said afterwards, I was like, oh God, that could have been me. That reminds me of my dad. All of this makes sense. So Ulm Shin, Shinrikyo, the, which we're going to talk about for our listeners who don't know, that's how you got interested in cults. It was Om Shinrikyo that, that was the first, uh, I guess, gateway for you? Yeah, it's uh, before that, uh, Christian identity, which is a cultic uh, manifestation of our white supremacy, basically. It's very anti-Semitic uh, rewriting of uh, Christianity and like pretending to be Judaism, and it's just really messed up. But yeah, so those two things, kind of basically in tandem, those two it, things. And that was from your dad's experience, is that, is that correct? from what you experienced yeah. with your father. Okay. And Am Shinrikyo, for our, our listeners who, who don't know, I think some of them might remember there was this um, group in Japan that released the siren gas in the, in the subway station. That's them, right? Yeah, that was their second siren attack, actually. But yes, that, that was the violent non-state actor, uh, esoteric uh, terror death cult that made a bunch of chemical and biological weapons and uh, murdered a bunch of people. But yeah, they did it on the subway too. And that's the one most people remember if they know anything. Well, it's funny, yeah. you, you kind of mentioned it. And I, I, one of the reasons I found them kind of interesting, and I think this is what you were, were getting at as well, is that um, you know after 9-11, and even before then really, but particularly after 9-11, there was always this argument of like, well, you know, if Islam isn't inherently bad, if Islam isn't inherently like pro-terrorist, then why don't you see terrorist groups mm -hmm. out of like Buddhism, you know? And then that's, you're like, I'm Shinrikyo. <laughs> that's literally why I bought the book and started trying to argue about Om because no one wanted <laughs> to hear me bitch about Timothy McVeigh. Like I'm like 12 years old and like, it's still fresh on my mind and 9-11 happens and they're like, it, they're just being how you would expect people to be back then. But yeah, and it's just like, they're like, yeah, you don't see any Buddhist terrorists, do you? And I'm like, yes, actually, I know of at least <laughs> yeah. one group. Like, <laughs> but it does sound like you were just trying to understand, it's, you said your father, and even understand for yourself how anyone could be kind mm -hmm. of um, seduced by this lifestyle. And just taking a step back, um, how do you define a cult or what have you read? man there are so many different models out there uh right. that's the thing just even the term cult is is kind of controversial right because people will be like well what is a cult and isn't cult a bad word isn't cultist an insult blah 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 so you don't even have to look at things as cults you could look at them as high demand groups or something like that you say what is a cult well a cult or a high demand group is going to be any sort of group that sort of rewrite rewrites the way that your brain functions and starts to isolate you from others and starts placing like you know increased more and more demands on a person and demands more and more loyalty or adherence from a person that's yeah. usually what i go by but if i'm actually evaluating like if anyone's actually trying to like evaluate like let's say you take a group like i don't know QAnon in year 2018 and people are starting to notice things a little fucky there and they're like, well, what is it a cult? You can go and you can look at like actual cult experts and uh, you can look at their models like Stephen Hassan's bite model and you can go bit by bit. There are little checklists. Well, it's like, okay, well, do they demand that you cut these people off if they do this? Okay, well, do they tell you that this is the only thing that can make this this? Are they trying to say that they're the only ones that can offer this? Do they make right. you feel bad if you don't do this? 
So right. like there are all sorts of little behavioral models. You can go and you can look at those. <laughs> You're so, right. There's like a lot of um, punishment uh, part of it, you know, and outcasting. And when you talk about it, I mean, you said rewiring your brain. Again, the term brainwashing um, and isolation is what you mentioned. And we recently actually spoke to someone who is being sex trafficked. And it, it sounds really similar, you it know, is. kind of the training and the isolation and this um, manipulation is kind of a theme as well. Uh, that it's it's quite literally the same thing. Um, and that's uh, what we call that, uh, you call it coercion, or you could call it undue influence. So comparing those two dynamics, I mean, they're essentially the same. So when you think about somebody uh, who's being spiritually abused or somebody who's going through cultic abuse, it, it really is the same dynamic as somebody being in a controlling high demand relationship this dyadic pairing between just two people where one holds entirely too much influence over the other and wields it in an abusive and controlling way. Can you tell us a little bit more about Om Shinrikyo, how it started and, and the story behind it? Yeah, sure. Uh, there, is this, uh, there is this creep named uh, Shoko Asahara and uh, Shoko Asahara always wanted to be the prime minister. Shoko Asahara kind of had little man syndrome. So, but see, Shoko Asahara was also kind of smart, but since Shoko Asahara was legally blind, Shoko Asahara wasn't given some of the same uh, opportunities at the time that it should be afforded to everyone, no matter what, right? And the thing is, Shoko Asahara didn't necessarily have a chip on his shoulder because of that. He also just thought he deserved everything. And, you know, in a highly competitive society, even somebody who stands out can still be considered kind of mediocre. So anyway, he uh, he failed to get into the prestigious university that he thought he was a sure shot for. And uh, then he fell back on some sort of more traditional things like uh, healing medicine, acupuncture, things like that, because the way society worked at that time was like, well, you're blind, so you should be doing this, this or this. Probably you'd have more luck at that. So he started doing that basically as a side hustle. And then he started doing the yoga stuff and he started realizing like, wait a minute these people look up to me like I'm teaching these classes. These people are actually listening to me. Okay, that's awesome, right? So over time, he starts focusing more and more on the things that get more and more people to come to him and listen to him, and he, he gets to guide them. So he sets up this uh, hot yoga studio in Shibuya in, I think, 1985, around there. And uh, it becomes successful enough that he starts to brand it uh, Om Shinsen no Kai. Over the course of, I think, uh, two or three years, it grows so much and makes so much money and starts to become so successful, he finally says, you know what? Uh... I went walking and I had this vision and I think I got these powers. Like y'all know I got powers, right? And by that <laughs> point people are like, yeah, we know you got powers. I mean, duh, you're guru. Come on, man. He's like, yeah, I got those powers. So uh, I got enlightened, hella enlightened actually. So we just kept growing and growing. And also like just in society at that time, like the stuff this dude was doing, it was trendy. Hot yoga was trendy. Uh, talking about maybe awakening your ESP powers. That shit was trendy. Mm-hmm. So like you could get to a lot of young people like that, even, and this is the part that somehow confuses everyone, even though it's clear as fucking day. Like if something is trendy and everyone's talking about how maybe this is real or maybe this is cool and you've got news specials on TV or even just like fucking really popular like blogs and stuff about like all this, this alternative crap going on or people just bitching every day about how it feels like the end of the world yeah, man, someone talking about how they can help you with your alternative shit or someone just talking about the end of the world can get to very smart people. 
like intellectually smart that can get to doctors, they can get to lawyers, they can get to anyone. And how, what happened with uh, Om Shanrikyo? What was the nefarious turn? Like, why is it, why are we talking about it? So he, he really primed these people. They listened to him. Oh, they yeah. maybe mm-hmm. worshipped him to some extent, which by the way, they absolutely can ultimately worship. end in good. It could end in good if you use your powers for good and not evil. Can you? Like what yeah, I don't, I don't know if I buy that either, Lizzie. I don't, I don't, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like there's any good ending to no, that. You know, no. I, I think that you can influence people and their teachers out there specifically. I can think of teachers and... No, but they know, literally worship this guy, people. Though. Oh, yeah, like, no. It's, I guess the fact that he's encouraging people to worship him immediately is a red flag. I'm just saying <laughs> you can have people who adore you and adore is like a few short of worship who can then lead and encourage people in meaningful, positive ways. You don't hear about that too often, but you know, Martin Luther King Jr., like people followed him and adored him and maybe worshiped him, but he didn't want the worship, right? Like, yeah, did, so did he tell them to cut that shit out? <laughs> right, cult, cult of personality yeah. isn't, I guess, yeah, no. always a, a, a terrible but, thing, but it certainly it seems uh, to lend itself to it, right? I think of even course. the good I, ones, even in circumstances where it seems like it might be a positive, I, I think it's actually kind of a negative. I think that if anyone uh, encounters any bit of a following or any bit of acknowledgement or celebrity, I personally think that, you know, once you start getting that sort of good feedback, you need to tell those people to shut up. <laughs> like, you got to keep them real. That's what you I You got to keep like, them real. I, well, so what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did this turn violent? How did Om Shinrikyo take a violent turn? I mean, he had already started calling himself like the, the, the reincarnation of all of these gods. Like he had already primed them. They already literally worshipped him. So yeah. he, you know how I said he wanted to be prime minister and he felt like it was his destiny. Like he just, you know, that's the kind of asshole he was. Okay, so he decided that he and uh, like 25 other, or 24 other uh, high ranking members, they were going to form a political party and they were going to run uh, for seats in what is essentially the, uh, the Japanese Congress, right? Because uh, it's a parliamentary system, so you know we have our biparty system. They have a parliamentary system, so it's not uncommon for new religious movements and cults to like make their own little religious faction and run for like office. Sakagakai and uh, Happy Science are are two are two uh, big examples of semi-successful like people who have actually been able to get like seats and merge with uh, major parties. So. Om did it, but Om failed because Om was actually kind of just goofy. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> they would wear these big paper mache masks of like Shokuwasahara's heads, and they'd have weird uh, doot doot parades, and they dance around in elephant costumes and just sing Shoko's name over and over and over. So like the kids thought it was neat because they thought it was like a goofy mascot thing, but the like adults were just like, no, 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 thank, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> just gonna vote for the LDP. So it again. was just a little <laughs> too wacky to hit me. Yeah. Dream. But how many followers at its peak were there in this in this thing? Oh, eleven thousand. But see, the thing is, <laughs> that's a lot. Like, not really. Did you I think? Mean, I think eleven thousand for something that goofy seems like pretty mm, big. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But the thing is, though, like the news uh, news organizations, they would like film some of the weird campaign things that like you know Ohm were doing, and they would talk about how like this group. Sometimes they would talk about how, like, you know, this group was actually, like, splitting families apart, but they would still just mock it more than anything. Uh-huh. Okay, so Ohm lost, right? And people just kind of wrote it off as being goofy because Asahara looked funny and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, because they lost, Asahara didn't accept that. 
and he told his followers that it was actually a plot by the Freemasons and that they had been mm-hmm. denied their victory and that yeah. the only thing that they could do was uh, go down the path of terrorism. Yep, I see that playbook. I see that playbook. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. Okay, I guess that. Um, so let me segue from that group to, to talk about Q now. And <laughs> Q, yeah. So Q, uh, QAnon, I think half of our audience is like doctors who just learned about Q recently. And now yeah. that it's come out, the discussion of how Trump is sort of playing to this base, this Q. Uh, but then the other half of our listeners are people who like, you know, first heard about us from like Worst Year Ever or Robert Evans. And so they totally know more about Q than we ever will. Oh, but Right. So half, but your doc- okay, half your audience is like people like you, like like professionals. And the other half is like people from my circles where they mm-hmm. already know my song and dance. That's right. Okay. But, but okay. Let's, let's, so can you, can you explain again to us um, when Q started, what it is? You started with somebody shitposting on an internet forum where trolls posted pictures of decapitations and child pornography. And it grew into an actual death cult where literally everyone, quite possibly even your colleagues, can be deceived into believing that there is an anonymous uh, military intelligence operation that is going to help President Donald Trump, who is ordained by God. Reclaim dominion over the country, the planet, and quite possibly outer space to cleanse the world of, uh, just picture the worst uh, white supremacist stereotypes of Jewish people that you can possibly think of. And whenever they talk about uh, the deep state or the cobble or the pedovores or anything like that, that's what they've been uh, brainwashed into believing. So I hope yeah. that's a good enough explanation <laughs> of Q&A. That that's where we're at. It, it is. It's very good explanation. I mean, the premise is that you know, everything Trump says, the media's out to get him, China's out to get him, Corona's out to get him, Obama is out to get him, dead people are out to get him. That's the theory. It's like this dark state is everyone's out to foil his beautiful, perfect plans. And, you know, they're just looking for scapegoats. It's like a perfect scapegoat because it's not real and it can morph into any scapegoat that you want, right? Sarah, you spend a lot of time following the chats that these people have and following these people online. Maybe you can help explain something to me, you know, cause I understand the whole concept is they're trying to fight Q is trying to fight this deep state pedophile like ring that is made up of Democrats and celebrities. But how do they reconcile the fact that like Jeffrey Epstein, a proven known uh, pedophile was like homies with Trump, like, and, and these pictures where you see them yeah. parting together, like, how does that, how, how do they reconcile that? Doesn't that, isn't there no cognitive dissonance when, when that happens? Cognitive dissonance is a bitch, ain't it? So here's the thing. Um, if you're, if you're an, an art Q follower, if you're a Q believer, you're going to see that and your, your brain's going to do its little uh, rewiring thing. And you're going to believe that Trump was uh, doing some double agent shit and that (laughs) this had all been set up. They've been setting this up like decades in advance and they finally got him because of Trump and, and Trump's people and Q team and everyone that's been helping all of the white hats and the galactic Federation people, depending on Mm -hmm. like, you know, what strain of Q you're on. But yeah, you see something like that with Trump and Epstein and, 
and if Trump goes and like says something about grabbing Miss Teen America pageant people or little girls or whatever, if you're a Q believer, you already know that disinformation is necessary. That's some of their cultic jargon, right? So it's yeah, you can rewrite anything, especially if you're a true believer. It's a lot of uh, revisionism. And what I find really interesting that you've taught me right now is that the website and the people who started Q, the enticement was decapitated heads and child pornography. And now they're oh. so, their mission is anti-pedophilia when they're the ones, the origination, the origin of QAnon sounds to be rooted in the thing that they hate the most. Yeah, and people point that out, but the thing is, like, you have to understand, QAnon has grown so much that, uh, honestly, let's say, let's go with one of the random figures that they said. Let's say, like, let's just pull a number out of our asses right now. Let's say 500,000 people, the sample size of 500,000 people online who engage in Q stuff and are, you know, actual true believers in the QAnon conspiracy theory bullshit, right? Okay, of those 500,000 people, Actually, a very small number of them have probably ever been to a Chan board. Like, 8chan's not around mm-hmm. anymore because of all the terrorist attacks, but a very small number of them have actually been to 4chan or knew what 8chan was or know right. how to access 8kun, right? right. They, they get their information, the Q drops disseminate, so they get it from other platforms. The Facebook groups are really huge, and Twitter, you know, was huge. You know, they get the stuff from these boomer-friendly platforms, so they don't know about Chan culture or troll culture. They they don't know about internet culture. Right. So they it's don't important care about their origin. Yeah. No, they don't. They're not. Yeah, and also, like you're saying, even if they found out the origin of QAnon and its nefarious roots. They would just, you know, revise revisionism and re- rewire their brain, like you said. They just would um, choose a different narrative, let's say. I, so I watched I watched uh, some of these uh, Pepe trolls, and the actual white supremacists uh, that would post on 8chan back in the day, right? I would go to some of the QAnon research boards, you know, uh, where especially after the uh, the big Reddit ban and uh, all of these old people and all of these middle aged people were coming over to 8chan because that's where they thought they were going to have to get their Q fix, right? Mm-hmm. I watched these trolls post decapitation videos and say, this is for your own good because this is a free speech zone and you're not going to be able to take out the deep state unless you're, you're really about free speech. So don't bitch about it. This is our home and like, this is for your own good. So it's like they would post this disgusting gore in this troll bait. And basically what they were doing was they were desensitizing these boomers who were there for Q and saying, like, this is just part of the process. So, How do you follow and study these groups? Is it just, I mean, spending a lot of time online, creating accounts and following them? What do you, how do you do yeah. research on these, on these groups? I'm not going to sit here and say I create accounts that aren't in my name or pretend to be people I'm not on the internet. Mm-hmm. I would never say that. <laughs> sometimes it's just as simple as watching or sometimes you jump into hell pits using your own name because you're an idiot and i'm an idiot so i've done that i do that a lot but yeah have you ever run across some conspiracy some some online conspiracy theory where you're actually like mm, that, that, I, I can see why that makes yeah that makes sense actually have you ever has that ever happened because i'll tell you every now and then when we were like in medical school 
and we were doing our psychiatry rotation and you would talk to like a patient who was having like a schizophrenic break or having some delusions. Sometimes they would weave a story that was so deep and rich and patterned and there were so many elements to it that by the end of like the 40 minutes of talking to that person, because you had a lot of time back then when you're a medical student, you would be like, yeah, I kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah, maybe, maybe they are getting like secret signals from the government through their local newscaster. You know, has that ever happened where you've, you've run across something where you're just like, well, I kind of see where they're coming yeah. from with this. Yeah, yeah but uh, the only time I've run across something like that in uh, the work I do now, it's uh, been on my side of things. It is yeah. interesting. I think part of human nature, which is a normal way that we behave, um, is what QAnon and other cults prey upon is this need to try to explain things and this need to look for patterns. And I, mm-hmm. I assume, I think that's probably a deep rooted vulnerability we have. Um, sometimes it really helps us in life, but you know, just with street smarts and education and, and mobility and acceleration. But like, I think that um, needing to explain things and needing to find patterns is something that these, these folks prey upon. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever been a part of deprogramming someone and trying to get them out of a cult or cult-like behavior? Has that been a part of your path? I, uh, I, I try to get people to exit. I try to assist in exit stuff. Yeah. Um, I try to pass them off to uh, the sort of experts that actually have pieces of paper, but basically uh, I do like consultations for free. Like if someone says, Hey, I'm worried that so-and-so might be caught up in some bad shit, like our bad group, or I'm worried that this person might be trying to groom my friend and then I'll go and I'll be like, okay, this looks like this. We need to get you in touch with this person or this person, or we need to warn people about this, this, or this. Well, or like, feel, here's what you can tell them. But Do, do you yeah. feel like you've been successful in, in doing that? Has that helped? I've had a couple of successes, but nowhere near enough for me to like, feel good about what I do right now. You, sh- you should everywhere. feel good. If it's, it's one or two fine. people, that is enough, don't you think? I mean, not don't stop, but like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, it's fine. It's, I don't know. Like, some of the, the actual, like, you know, like the, uh, the cult experts with their book deals or their think tanks, like, they're still going to charge someone out in the middle of nowhere $70 to talk to their child who may or may not be like, you know, currently be like being groomed by like a Nazi death cult. Hmm. And then the other ones that don't charge that have their book deals and their TV shows, they're just absolutely swamped. And also some of them are kind of full of themselves. So like they may or may not get around to talking to you about, you know, your 13 year old son who you think may or may not be like being groomed by a Nazi death cult. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So it's well, um, one thing, not enough of us. <laughs> one thing that seems insurmountable is just like this, um, the rabbit hole, of the internet, right? A kid can sit there and watch two hours, 14 hours, 24 hours a day of these videos that can progress into more extreme thinking, more extreme visual cues. And, and that is part of the brainwashing, even if there's not an individual interaction. So we want to blame a person, but some of these um, videos that people can see are escalating. And mm-hmm. I don't know, do you have any ideas of how to, how to constrain that or stop that, or at least tame it to some extent? 
actually that's uh probably when i'd uh, refer you like let me get you in touch with my friend uh faraday let me get you in touch with caleb uh the former alt-right kid who is basically his story is what you just described and now he's working with uh american university and uh, i think he's working with peril too to to try to find ways to offset that and set up you know maybe little off ramps or you know reach people before they get to you know like the hardcore white supremacist stuff when they're still just starting out with soft stuff before they get led into deeper and deeper rabbit holes so i know like yeah. a lot of people in my circles like that's what they do so yeah yeah you, you know well i i feel like in this country at this point we We've always enjoyed, up to this point, we've always enjoyed the concept of cults in pop culture. It's always been sort of like salacious and fun to read about because mm-hmm. it's always thought of as like a small, always small subsect, small groups. Now, yeah. I feel with this current president, we've seen that cults can be a little bit more amorphous, a little bit bigger or a lot bigger and cult-like behavior, cult-like leadership. We can see the danger of it on a grander scale than we've ever seen before. And that's why I think it was so important to talk about cult today. I mean, what advice do you have for America in going forward at this point? Maybe it's something America hasn't seen in America recently. Okay, but it's something that's happened in other countries throughout history and other societies like fascism and authoritarianism, they are inherently cultic. Propaganda is inherently, it's just brainwashing. Like it's... I mean, we've like, seen it. Yeah, Waco, Texas, you know, um, Jonestown, I, they were Americans, even though it wasn't in America. We've, we've you know, I mean, that, that documentary, Wild Wild Country, that was in Oregon. That was not that long ago, you know? It I mean, happens. Olam was here too. So they hmm. couldn't have it. They, yeah, they, they had their shipping companies and branches here, but look, man, I'm just like. So there isn't much that we can do <laughs> <laughs> except for just buckle up and, and ride this out. Yeah. So we kind of needed, I don't know if some sort of like cultic red cross, but like just psychiatrists and shit, like just trying to focus on trying to, you know, there's only one, there's only one inpatient like actual care facility for people who, who have been like, you know, like put through the cultic ringer or like, you know, like that sort of bad, like coercive, like just mm-hmm. psychological ringer. Like there's only, there's only one facility in the entire country and nobody yeah. even knows about it. And everyone's like, well, what do I do with my pet pep who, you know, sounds like a, like a member of the German Nazi party in like 1930 something like, what do I do? And it's like, well, you know, we've had decades to yeah. get our yeah. shit together, and yeah. we didn't. Well, it so sounds like probably, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna need a massive nationwide deprogramming. We'll get on that, <laughs> um, but hey, but <laughs> or, um, or or we can leave it to a or we can leave it to Facebook to self censor. Totally. That's right. Yeah, totally. The they've been really checkers. good about yeah. that. Really well, good, you guys. We're we're in good hands. Sarah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for all the work that you do and all the research you do. I mean, I know it's not easy. Um, and you go down some dark rabbit holes, I'm sure, and go to some very dark places and you do it to teach other people about it. So we really appreciate that. Um, I will direct everyone listening to this to also check out your work with Jake Hanrahan, another previous guest of our show who has a new podcast specifically about uh, Q. We'll put links to that as well. Um, 
And is there anything else, Sarah, that you'd like to plug or um, talk about or, or maybe yeah. give us your Twitter account? <laughs> if, yeah, I live on Twitter. So if you guys can stand what you've listened to today, uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's at uh, Nezumi Ningen. So N-E-Z-U-M-I underscore N-I-N-G-E-N. It's a Japanese thing. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. let's see. Another resource you might want to groove with, uh, The Informant. Nick Martin's publication that he writes and edits on a hate and extremism and uh, the violent radical right in the United States. I, I think uh, y'all might uh, want to go check that out. Might go subscribe to The Informant. <clears throat> Maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank Thanks for so having much. me on. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.